Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I am Dory. Uh, hello. Hope you're all doing well. I know uh, that um, I know that you're all very concerned about how Henry's toothless week went. And uh, I'm happy to report that it was fine. Other than the dentist visit. Other than it the was dentist visit. Pretty dope. Do you want to tell them about the dentist visit since you took him? Uh, I mean, it was weird because, like, you walk in and it was very small, and there's like three other parents and kids there, three sets, and then the TV was on with some sort of. Uh, I didn't know Donald Duck and the three Cabaneros have a cartoon show. Uh, apparently i don't know but that was on and henry was sort of watching it but really just mostly wanted the giant wooden train that was decorative on a giant tall shelf (laughs) sounds about henry then he was into this giant panda uh he wanted to take the panda home um but yeah we went in there and he got an x-ray but took three of these giant dental people I'm sure it was a dentist and a couple of dental assistants, but like I had him on my lap 
I wore the lead apron. Henry had to put on a lead apron. He didn't care for that. And then, like, these three scary people with masks coming over to him. Because, like, I was at his level. And he was not happy about it. And I was like, oh, this is why dentists are terrifying. There's no effort to not be a scary person approaching you with a large tool. Mm. Anyway, good news is that tooth is all the way out. And uh, all his other teeth are perfectly intact. Well, they, didn't they say that the other front tooth is a little loose? A little loose, but it'll tighten up. Good. Great. So that is your Henry dentist update. Um, and then he was so sad that I told him I'd go in the pool with him when we got home, which led to, I think, two hours of pool time. So much pool time. Like two hours of me jumping into the pool while he sat on his throne. <laughs> and he told me to go in the house. Yep. Mama, in. <laughs> you want me to go in the pool? No. <laughs> in house. <laughs> um. But yeah, this, you know, the things we do for these kids. So much uh, pool time lately with him because it's one of the only activities he seems to uh, enjoy that allows me to not leave the house. <laughs> he, he, he has certain activities with each parent. It's interesting. What do you mean? Like in the morning, he'll say to me, Mama, playroom. He takes me to the playroom if you're sleeping and he accepts that you're sleeping. But as soon as I come out, it's Mama Playroom. Well, you you then have to take over. Right. You're the preferred playroomer. Yeah, and you're the preferred pool person. Yes. Like when I took him in the pool, he did not stop asking when Dita was going to get into the pool. Um, yeah, I'm also the preferred outside person, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just because of all the fun activities we have, like throwing trash out <laughs> and collecting trash <laughs> and... Uh, hitting golf balls. Hitting golf balls into the pool. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's a hoot for him. So, you know, but as a family, we go uh, we go to Target. So that's good. Target. Yep, Target. Um, today we whoa. today we went to uh, so loud. playground sorry. and looked at cars. Yeah, there's a little car show happening in in Glendale, California. For those of you who are not familiar, it's hot there. It wasn't hot today. It was not hot today, but it was very, it was over, overcast and foggy. But there are a lot of the cars there, and Henry saw a fire truck. He went up into one. That was exciting for him mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. it wasn't. Yeah, until he like got scared. Yeah, and then he was more into like just being on my shoulder and getting stickers. So it really worked out. <sighs> Kids are entertained uh, by the dumbest things yeah you just never know what they're gonna just, be into you never know although i was happy that he was not he didn't scream crying at the drone yes that was um he was a little scared of it well, but he was cautious he didn't yeah he was like at the top of the slide he's like oh i'm not coming on the slide and there's a drone out there i was like what is he looking at and then i saw the drone and i was yeah. like oh not a fan no he does not care for drones um and also birds. Birds aren't real. They're just drones. <laughs> no, I'm kidding about that. Well, part. hummingbirds. He was scared when the hummingbird came in the house. Well, wouldn't you be scared when a tiny drone flies in your house? Well, he had also just recently been traumatized by a drone at the park. That's all true. So I think he was like, well, yeah, what is this tiny bird drone doing yeah. in my house? Get um, it out. 
That must have been in the dead of winter because it was dark. That was a he yeah. Was awake. That was a while ago. Yeah, be, I'd be interested to hear what he says now, words wise, regarding that kind of a thing, because he has a vocabulary now that's upwards of twenty five to a hundred words. Who knows? <laughs> he is he is talking a lot. He does. He talks a lot. He's great at repeating everything. He's great at singing down by a bay. Down by a bay. Or down by the pool. No, down by a pool. Down by a pool. <laughs> he likes to like change. He's like a little weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> um, yeah, he doesn't really ever finish those lyrics though. No. Anyway, what's up with you? Hey, I was just going to ask you what's up with you. I have nothing. What do you have? Wow. I No, I really, I'm like, what is up with me? Um, working on some development stuff, uh, making, making, making some people with shows with people, you know, doing, Mm -hmm. or, you know, trying to coming up with ideas for shows, uh, just having a grand old time. Dusted, dusted Mosier called me this week and we dusted off an old idea we had kicking around, uh, so that's them. We're three, three. I'm developing three different things right now. That's exciting. It's a lot of uh, uh, unmanaged time. Thank you. Mm, you don't like unmanaged time. I don't time. do great with it. Yeah, we we did have the conversation this weekend that you seem to be like at your best life wise when you when your hours were like nine to five Monday through Friday. I guess nine to ten to five and ten to no, they were eight thirty on the eight thirty, and then eight o'clock on Wednesdays, and Wednesday was eight to nine. Right, that was the long. And day. then Fridays were like eight to twelve. Yeah, Thursdays were not big. They were like you know nine or ten to four, and then yeah, whatever. Point is, it was a regular thing, and it was a repetitive schedule, and I like a I like. I like a repetitive schedule, certainly, but the monotony of writing Ron at Midnight with the same kinds of jokes all the time got to me a little bit. Yeah. But, yes, being able to schedule a life outside of work was nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think also something that uh, is, it often goes by the wayside in the industry. Yeah. No one really cares about everybody else's time. We're just there and we're there. I mean, I think that's what IATSE is striking, like potentially striking over. Over what? Over working conditions, including hours. I mean, the hours are ridiculous. Yeah. But I believe they get overtime. uh, Not always, like not everyone because, well, I've just been reading this Instagram account, IA stories, and like Uh some of the stories are really sad and like depressing and also... Like people who are kind of on the lower rungs, they've told these stories of like putting in for overtime and then the, you know, the production going, production going, uh, uh-uh, you put in for like this many hours, yeah. the end. Yeah. So like that sucks. Very shitty. People falling asleep at the wheel because they were working 17 hours straight. Yeah. You know, turnarounds that are like six hours. <laughs> that includes getting to your Fratter days. Getting to your house going to sleep and getting back to the studio. Yeah. So six hours to do that. It's just like, 
it's not humane. No, it's not the 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 function of television. It's it's also like it's a bloated. It's a bloated sort of day. The days never go as fast as they are supposed or should go. Mm-hmm. And it all comes down to like, I mean, mostly I'd blame like DPs, directors. You know, sometimes actors. But like, you know, sometimes people take a long time to light a scene. Mm-hmm. And then you're waiting around. And then sometimes directors need a lot of takes before they think they have it. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it doesn't have to be that. It doesn't have to be that way. Right. Anyway, that's my take. Yeah. On on what, what's happening in the industry. Yeah. So to, to catch everyone up to speed who might not be aware, um, IATSE is the union that represents a lot of what are called below the line people. Yes. It's the International Association of Stage and... Theatrical and stage Theatrical employees. And stage employees, yes, there you go. So like your camera operators, your your best your boys, supervisors, your, your like script RA. coordinators are now in IATSE. Really? Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah, as of 2018. Um, anyway, all the people who like work a lot and don't get paid as much as like actors... <laughs> And directors, producers, you know. Yeah. Like I never, you know, I didn't, when I was a producer on the show, I just got a episode fee. That was it. So it was like, I'm not saying that was, it was not, it was a very good living, but it was like, you got the episode fee and that was it. So that would took, you got that check and that was however many hours it took to finish that episode. Right. And the problem is all of the people that are, that are in charge of how long things take are getting paid per episode. You know what I mean? Per episode. Yeah. So it's like, whatever, we're here. Who cares? Right, right, right. <laughs> um, anyway, so the their basic agreement has expired and they are now negotiating with the studios for a new contract and they are asking f- their members for a strike authorization because they say that the studios have not responded to their latest um, contract I uh, suggestion it seems, proposal. It seems like I mean I don't know. So this is this is the fucking industry where no one takes anything seriously until a group strikes. Yeah, and then it you know everybody loses work, and then everybody comes back to the table. Yeah, but it's an interesting time to do it. You know, post COVID. Mm-hmm. Where like last year, there you know not a, not a ton was in the pipeline getting made. Well, I think that's why they think they have more leverage and now, then, because there's so much in production right now. Yes, yes, there is. It's very hard to find a stage, hard to find a crew, because everybody's sort of humming along to make up for all that lost time. Right. Anyway, that's your inside baseball Hollywood fun. Um, I'm in. Uh, the writers guild and the um i will be in the directors guild but like those are separate unions that have their own contracts with the studios so that's a whole other can of worms you all remember the writers almost striked (laughs) struck we almost did yeah we authorized it we always authorize it right writers are like sure (laughs) 
I'll go stand outside of a studio with Larry <laughs> David. Um, but yeah, like so, if everyone, if everyone ever watches, like looks on Netflix, and you wonder why there are those short ep- short seasons of like The Office and and Thirty Rock, and that was because two thousand eight was a strike year, and the writers were like, meh. And that's why also why Quantum of Solace isn't as good as it could have been. That's also why the second season of Friday Night Lights is notoriously horrible. Yeah. Now you know. Turns out you needed writers. <laughs> um. People also credit that strike for the, like the explosion of reality TV. That was the that was a direct result. Yeah. Yes, because they're like, oh, we don't need writers. We right. Put all this on cheaply. Yeah. Um, I remember the studios going like, you guys want money for streaming? What? No, no one makes money on streaming. Well, and I think that's part of the. I mean, not the, now we're getting real in the weeds. <laughs> Forget it. We don't need to talk about Hollywood labor issues i don't know why i'm so interested in it but i I have always been interested in labor issues story is very into some hot goss and nothing is more hot goss around town than a than a pending labor dispute i do love some hot goss yep so there you go i mean that's what journalism is it's professionalized hot goss there you go well i mean that that is an interesting way to look at it i'm surprised you uh you know hung that hat up but so much hot goss. I mean, <laughs> have I fully hung it up? Yet? I don't know. You tell us. I don't know. <sighs> well, listen, let's take a break. Okay. But, but actually, before we do that, okay. let's remind people that they can join our Facebook group at facebook.com, bleh, bleh, facebook.com slash groups slash excellent adventure. We also have a Patreon that you can support us at patreon.com slash excellent adventure. You can get up to two bonus episodes a month. You can email us at doryandmatt at gmail.com or mattanddory at gmail.com. And our phone number is 413-461-BABY, where you can also text us. Thanks, everybody. Be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. 
Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet, not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything, because what? <laughs> but they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. <laughs> That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Okay, we're back. Hello. We've solved all labor disputes in Hollywood. <laughs> Everyone's gonna work. You can thank us later. All right. This first email is from... You're peeking. This first email is from Tracy. Hello, I'm a mod over at the spinoff Facebook group for pregnancy and children, which is such an amazingly supportive group. I put my story out to them and had some great responses, but I would love you to open it further to the listeners in hopes that people can share their stories about continuing to transfer again and again and having it eventually work. Currently going through my sixth failed transfer since trying for a second child. I really thought after it took five transfers and seven embryos to get our daughter that we had finally figured it all out, ERA, PGS testing, hysteroscopy, and lap to remove endo, immune protocol, and having a second would be much easier. We put in two perfect day three eight-cell embryos with zero fragmentation, and that's our most recent fail. All other transfers were with blastocysts. We, were so, we are so incredibly lucky to have 13 blasts in the freezer now, so wow. we have more opportunities. I really think it's a numbers game at this point, and we just have to keep on transferring, and eventually another will stick. I would love to hear from anyone else who's been through something similar. I really haven't met anyone who's been through quite as many high quality embryos as we have. Everything is perfect on paper, but nothing is sticking for long. I've had upwards of seven chemical pregnancies. I've done every test, protocol, surgery, hysteroscopy, laparoscopy, PGS, ERA times two, RPL panel, tested for endometritis, immune Protocol three with CNY, prednisone, LDN, Lovenox, Nupagen, Prograph, Plaquenil, antihistamine protocol, HCG wash, PRP wash. Wow. Basically looking for support and the encouragement to keep going and that it will eventually work again. I'm so sad and tired and sick of feeling like I'm taking time, energy, and money away from my daughter. Thanks so much for all you do. I've been a listener since 2017, became very involved in the Facebook group, and love being involved in the spinoff. Oof. It's a lot of attempts. Yeah. Wow. 
So they did, she did five transfers to get their daughter. And this is, they just did their sixth failed transfer since trying for a second child. So they've done 11 transfers. And like, normally you'd be like, well, it's got to be something they haven't found yet, but you've had your daughter. So right, you can get pregnant. That is so, what a mystery. Reframe it as hot goss and maybe you can get in there, you know? Who, me? Yeah. Well, you know, I do like a medical mystery. <laughs> Everybody, she likes medical mysteries, hot goss, labor disputes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's me. Um, I feel like we heard from someone last week who was wondering how long they should keep going also. But I don't think the quality of embryo was, or the number was up near this. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so this is interesting. This is interesting. Have you ever changed doctors? I was just what? going to say, have you gotten a second opinion? I'm sure with all these tests, you must have had 14 opinions. Yeah. But on the off chance you haven't, yeah, that would be my next step. Yeah. That would be my next step too. Now, if you have, I don't know what the step is after that. <laughs> But we are sending you support and encouragement. I mean, yeah, this is rough. So we'd like to hear from other people who have gone through this. All right. Uh, do you want to read this next one from Tiffany? Uh, sure. Hello, Shafriras. I'm here to send out the I might be youngish, but I have a super weird cycle signal. I've always had irregular periods and odd cycles. Odd being very light, very short, or both. It's always, It always varies. It is totally normal for me to skip a few months, and when I do not skip, my cycle length is 48 days. Even when I've been on birth control there are months when nothing would happen during the period week, I have also been using ovulation strips just to try to learn about my cycle, and I have not had a positive result with those. So here's my switch. My husband is terrified of kids and doesn't even like talking about it at this point in his life. Okay. <laughs> he knows that I have always wanted kids and tells me that he knows we will have them. He's just scared at the idea of losing control of his time. <laughs> uh, if it were just, if we're up to just me, I would look to start trying soonish the next year or so because I know we will not be taken seriously by a doctor unless we've been trying for a year. Well, I mean, is that really that true anymore? I'm terrified that if we wait too long to start, we'd end up having trouble and we will not be able to have a baby as my odds get worse as time runs out. I'm 26, I know, I know. But to my defense, we've worked very hard and are ahead of the curve for our ages. We own our home, but you're already ahead of us. Uh, pretty successful career, so you're already ahead of one of us. And I've always been in therapy. Oh, sorry, and I've also been in therapy for four years, so I feel like I might as well be 35. <laughs> uh, to be 35 again uh, so to wrap up all of that my main questions are what would you do in my situation are there any steps that I can take to learn more about my situation am I ridiculous to think that we should start trying love both your thoughts 2100 square feet North Carolina two cats miniature, miniature schnauzer a garden skittish husband 10 hot dogs this year uh, but to you Matt's butt and Henry's front tooth let's go it's oh, funny. Matt's butt. Yeah, it's a butt update. Everything's yep. good, guys. Thank God. Um, okay, so I, have, I have some thoughts. Are you seeing an RE? 
Yeah. Okay. My first thought is you're not ovulating and you've probably never been ovulating. So that is that, that to me raises a bit of a red flag. Um, this could be call it a yellow flag. It's a caution flag. Yeah. This could be PCOS. This could be something else. We don't know what it is, but this is why you want to see someone like an RE who specializes in figuring the stuff out. So, I would make an appointment to see a reproductive endocrinologist. Yes. And this is not uh, because of anything other than the fact that you should really get to the bottom of your ovulation schedule and or if you're ovulating and or why you have these extended periods of uh, cycle. Yeah. Um, I don't think you're ridiculous to think that you should start trying from what you have said, it sounds like you will have trouble getting pregnant uh, the sex way, but I am not a doctor. Or not. Like, if they get her, you know, into a more regular pattern, then maybe it's a predictable thing for, you know. Yeah, but that's why she should see a doctor. Yes. A reproductive endocrinologist. Yeah. yeah. Um, best of luck to you, Tiffany. Okay. This is from Anonymous. Okie dokie. After binge listening to your podcast during our very long lockdown here in Melbourne, Australia, I thought, okay, time to email. I may be one of your oldest listeners with a beautiful 30-year-old IVF baby. Wow. Uh, later, This is a preview, but later in the show, we hear from someone who might actually be our oldest listener. Oh, boy. Yeah. I will stay anonymous as she works in the media in Australia. Love it. Mm-hmm. Just a few comments. While lots has changed in IVF over the last 30 years, in some ways your listeners' questions show that many things have not changed. For example, finding a good clinic and reproductive specialist. We were lucky enough to be referred to one of the best in Melbourne in terms of technical skills as evidenced by our gorgeous 30-year-old. However, I didn't ever click with him personally. I remember thinking that his skills were more important than my liking him. (laughs) Been there. The cost at that time wasn't prohibitive as we do have Medicare, socialized medicine, which covered parts of treatment. One thing that hasn't changed is people's judgmental attitudes. Okay. Our daughter was IVF via donor sperm. I learned very on not to mention that aspect. Better finish by saying we have a five-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bathroom house that is rather empty now that our science baby and her siblings have left home. Matt, hot dogs are not really a thing here in Melbourne, but if you want to open a debate about where to get the best bond me, you will be inundated. It is a wonderful crusty bread roll with oh. roast pork, <laughs> salad, and special Vietnamese sauce. Girl, we know bond me is up here. <laughs> the queue can go round the block for a good one. Love your podcast. It's been my constant walking companion through lockdown. We have lived in the U.S., including a year in very sunny Arizona. So love all your food and Disney references. Love from Australia. We have a very, very active Korean population in Uh, Los Angeles. Try that again. Very active. Korean? Vietnamese population. Whoa. What did I just... Anyway. Not as active as it was actually in Lowell, Massachusetts. Yeah, that's true. Cambodian we do have a, there is a very active heavy. Korean population. They just don't make banh mi's. Well, sometimes they fusion them. That's true. Whatever. <laughs> In fact, the place I'm going to mention is fusion. Okay. Banh we. Oh, we. It's the French. That's because French, they colonized Vietnam. Yes, I know. But wait, you're saying that's why they did it? I'm that's not saying that's why they, why they did it, it, but I'm saying that's why there is a lot of French vietnamese crossover because 
the Vietnamese were colonized by the French. Okay, banh mi expert who doesn't actually eat them because she doesn't eat pork. Continue. Tell us about your favorite banh mi's. <laughs> Listen, I've had some really good tofu banh mi's. Mm-hmm. Where? At um, there's a place there's a place in Brooklyn called Hanko's mm-hmm. that makes really good banh mi's that I used to eat when I was when I ate meat. Mm-hmm. So they also had really good summer rolls. Okay. Anywhere else? Well, there's a place near us called Nong La that I like. I like Nong La as well. All right. Anyway, back to the podcast. Yeah. Um, Thank you for all of this fun Australian IVF information. I love it. I would like more. Thank you. Love it too. Next. Um, Next, we have a voicemail. Okay. But actually, before we get to the voicemail, while we're setting this up, I can read a text that said, I can't believe Dory didn't help Matt feel better about the tooth accident. (laughs) Accidents happen. How can Dory let Matt think it's his fault? Come on. She did kind of go, "Eh, maybe that was kind of your fault. I didn't say it was kind of your fault. Well, all right. She said it was my fault. No, No, I didn't. You did not disagree with me, Dory Shafrir. But I also said that accidents happen. That's like I beside didn't decide the point. I didn't blame you. Uh-huh. I didn't blame you for it happening. Uh-huh. 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 Okay, everyone. Also, I just want to note something funny, which is that this person sent this in as a text. Yes. I believe because they didn't want us to know who it was. And I was like, that's weird. So I Googled their phone number. It was my mother. It was. It was not your mother, but it was someone who has written into the podcast like several times before. And this was the only time they've ever texted us. I love it. <laughs> so we know who you are. Um, Dory right. does. I don't. Um, okay. She's a journalist. She likes to investigate. <laughs> I will find you. <laughs> okay. Um, no, but seriously, I, I, I'm sorry if I implied that I thought it was your fault. I did not mean to do that. Look, it's up to the listeners. They'll let me know in the comments. All right. Well, hit that bell button. Um, all right. Here's a voicemail. Hi, Matt and Dory. This is Penny from Massachusetts. Um, just finished listening to your current latest pod, and I am so, so sorry that um, Henry got hurt. Um, Matt, when you said that you felt like a failure, um, I literally thought, well, Matt just pretty much described parenting. <laughs> um, you know, we feel like we're doing okay. We feel we got a handle on things. You know, we're chugging along. And then suddenly something happens and you're like, oh, yeah, no. Oh, I guess I wasn't doing that great, huh? And then we stumble and then we get back up and we keep going. So... Um, I'm I'm a little bit of dark humor, but I was just laughing when you said that. Um, also, um, don't worry about the tooth. Um, my 12 year old um went through um a whole year of Invisalign, four thousand dollars worth, and then. <laughs> Stopped wearing his retainer at night, and now his teeth are back to the way they were. <laughs> and we'll have to do round two after he goes through puberty. Wow. So, that is how invisible he is. You know, even though you, you know, send the money and drive them to the 
of Atlantis, and you do all the things, and yep, now uh, we're right back where we started. So don't worry, it's just a baby tooth, and, um, you know, take care. Thank you so much for your podcast. It brings me a lot of happiness. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for it's, writing in. It's funny because I've seen, there lately I've seen a couple posts on Facebook. I don't know if they've been in like groups or where, but people being like, should my like 12 year old get like regular braces or Invisalign? And everyone is like braces, regular braces. <laughs> because I mean, even I, like I am a 44 year old woman doing Invisalign and like, I find it hard to like keep track of the aligners. Like I'm always misplacing them. Um, the fact that I haven't actually lost any is like kind of miraculous. I have thrown them out and fished them out of the trash yeah, it's all very... I, I had braces for a very long time, like three years. That is a long time. Yeah. I mean, and it was like, you know, the whole rigmarole, like tighten them, but they're metal and they stuck around my teeth. And the, the beauty of them was that uh, I could not wear them. Right. Because <laughs> they were cemented to my teeth. Right. So, thank you. Also, that was a, that was a 617. That's true. This was a 617. Love it. Well, she did say Penny from Massachusetts. Well, it could have been 508. could have been 978. That's true. Um, I think there's another area code now out there. I'm not sure what it is. Yes, there is. I'm blanking on it. 349? 204? No. Nah, I made that one. Um, all right. Well, let's, let's take a, a, a break. Another okay. break. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Even on a budget, Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, back. All right, back. <laughs> that was a very Henry-like sentence. All right, back. All right, back. Um. Okay. Mama outside. Mama out. He kicks me out of that playroom every morning. He really sh- closes the door in your face. Like he thinks it's very fun to close a door in your face. I mean, he does it to me too. No, I'm just saying. I'm just. He thinks it's very fun to close a door. Whoever's not, whoever's in the playroom first has his attention. Yes. And if you stray, your attention strays whatsoever, the thing that strayed your attention will be kicked out. So, human beings that works for. Sometimes he likes to, to, to get Bo in, though. Yeah, he doesn't kick Bo out. No. He never kicks Bo out. Well, because Bo always pays attention to him that's true <laughs> um uh, he's been like getting a little rougher than i would like with mr bow yeah bow is being a champion of laziness and not at all reacting to we him. gotta nip that in the bud though that's what i'm saying yeah well let's both keep an eye on it i agree with you because he like you know the other day we we're on the couch all of us were on the couch the three of us and he had really like was like grabbing bow's head 
And I was like, gentle, gentle. And then he was sort of gentle, but then like looked at me. And then at another point, he's like, he was like kicking Bo in the head. Like, not like kicking, kicking, but like they were both, he was laying on the couch and sort of like, get out of my space, like push him away with my feet. Mm. And I was like, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> we don't do this. No, we got to be nice to Bo. Yeah. Gentle, everybody. Gentle, gentle. All right. Um, we heard from a listener last week whose two-year-old was having trouble sleeping after they'd gone on vacation and potty train. Yes. So Emily wrote in to say, a nightlight might be something to try. Our kid developed a fear of the dark sometime when they were two, and we only randomly figured it out by trying a nightlight. Good luck, Emily. In 1,600 square feet in Virginia, one science, uh, one husband, one science toddler, two hot dogs, and zero hot dogs. Two dogs and zero oh, hot two dogs. two dogs and zero hot dogs. Sorry, I can't read. Um, that's I, I was a nightlighter. I actually slept with my big light on. Oh, you did? For the first probably, I don't know, until I was like 16, 17. Maybe that's why you don't care when the light is on in the room, in the bedroom. Uh, what do you mean? Like, it, on the rare occasions that you go to bed before me. Yes. You will often leave the light on. I leave it on for you so you can find yeah. your way in. I know, but it doesn't seem to bother you. I mean, it does, but oh. like not enough to inconvenience you, a person I love. But you also fall asleep I with can it fall on. asleep with it on, for I sure. I not know that I could fall asleep with it on. I bet you could if you tried. Like, I could try. Dory occasionally will leave the light on for me. I like, I would say maybe three times a year. <laughs> um... <laughs> We'll have her sleep mask on and the light will be on. And I'll be like, oh my God, I get to finally see where I'm going. But beyond that, it doesn't happen very much. We should get you, where's your headlamp? I don't have a headlamp, Dory. You took it. We'll have to, we'll have to find that. Give yeah. it back to you. Okay. Anyway, uh, like also like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm always in the bedroom at five something in the morning. With a with like phone flashlight, trying to find things. Well, uh, the one day that I leave early, I don't turn on the light. Oh, I sleep right through you. I don't. Care. Yeah, you can turn on the light, but I'm just saying, like, I'm like you're a pretty hard sleeper. You are a pretty hard sleeper, except when I'm not. What? Yep. I would say you're ninety five percent of the time a hard sleeper. The only time you're not a hard sleeper is when you wake yourself up in the middle of the night or like early, early morning. Yes. Then you can't fall back asleep. Yes. But that's not you don't but that's not you waking up because of any environmental reason. Mm, that's you waking yourself up. Interesting theory. It's a great theory. All right. I think it's perfect. Speaking theory. of sleep, this is from Christy. Okay. Hi, Matt and Dory. Our sweet six month old has turned into a screaming banshee at bedtime hmm. and frequently has nights with an obscene amount of wake ups. Help. Did you do sleep training with Henry? Any tips or suggestions? My husband and I are sleeping in separate rooms so that we're not both sleep deprived, which sounded like a good idea at the time, but now I'm just growing to resent him for being well rested while I'm a walking zombie. Well, does it flip the other way ever? 1,700 square feet with a husband, six month old, and four cats. We are a cautionary tale of why you need to have firm boundaries if you are going to foster animals. No hot dogs this year. Thanks. Um, Christy, my suggestion, look, I know that that, this is possibly controversial, but I, I think you can put the six-month-olds in, in their own room. 
wait, what? My that's not what they're saying. My read of this is that that's she not. is in the room with the six month old. Oh, I'm reading this as there are three bedrooms or three places to sleep, and the child is in their own room. I don't think so because she's saying my husband and I are sleeping in separate rooms so that we're not both sleep deprived. Implying well, that she is in the room with the six month old. One person would take the monitor. I I don't think that's what's happening. Oh, interesting. So, first of all, a couple things here right off the bat without you having to change the way you're doing things. It sounds like your husband is not really doing his part here. <laughs> I would agree with that. How? So, we're not both sleep deprived. I, you know, when I started that sentence, and I was following along in my head. I was like, oh, that's okay. So they take turns every other night. But then the back end of the sentence comes along. And it says, but I'm just growing to resent him for being well-rested while I'm a walking zombie. Which leads me to believe you somehow have agreed that you would be the one who has to wake up every fucking night. Yeah, no. Thumbs down on that, first of all. Um, if that's the case, if it's not the case and you're just resentful of him and then he's resentful of you the next day, then hey, live and learn, you know? Right. Uh, but yeah, we did sleep train Henry and there were wake ups. I'd like to, it'd be interesting to like grab those baby diaries mm-hmm. and like see what the actual feeding times were mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we would kept pretty diligent records the first like year and a half of his life yeah we of, did like every feeding and every nighttime wake up etc um but you know we were also we actually had a system this is a little pass along to you in case you guys are in, in any way similar to me because i'm much more of a night owl than dory is mm-hmm. i would just take the first portion of the evening like until like two o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the morning and then Dory would have the back half, which worked out in a sense well for us because Dory would be in bed by like 8.30. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, 2, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, whatever rolls around, I I get into bed, put the monitor on her side, and, you know, she did the get-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we both got up at like 7. Mm-hmm. I also don't need that much sleep, but um, that sort of worked for us. So that's something you could try. Yeah, shifts. Yes, shifts. I guess there's a word for that. <laughs> um, all right. So, and then let's see. Is there anything else we have to answer? How did we, how did we sleep train Henry? So yes, we said that. Any tips or suggestions? There is a Putting great, him in his own room. There is a great thread right now in the Forever 35 Parents Facebook group, which if you were not a member of, I highly recommend. But someone is asking about sleep training and a lot of people are sharing their experiences with various sleep training methods. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would I would go on over there. Um, for some advice, we basically did a modified, we basically did Ferber, which is you gradually increase the length of the time that you will let them, or you, yes, you, wait. You don't you, go in for five minutes? Yeah, you, you don't go in, you for, don't 10 go in for 10 minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 25 minutes. Um, and, and then their time crying, just like inadvertently, to, not yeah, like, but. like the first night you go, like you're, you're going in, 
you know, I, I don't know, I went in until like 25 minutes and the second night it was 15 minutes and the third night it was 10 minutes and it was five minutes and then you're like done. Flip that around. Yeah, wait, am I confused? Yeah, you're very confused. You're doing that backwards. I But I'm talking about how long we would let him cry for before we Correct. would go in. Yeah, five minutes and then we'd go in. 10 minutes and then we'd go in. You were saying it backwards. Right, oh yeah, 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 right, okay. No, I, I guess what I mean is he would cry for less and less amounts of time. Yes, they were proportionally yeah. reactive to yes. each other. Yes, So. And then like, so for instance, if you have a time when like by, you know, if night three or in night two, you're at a point where you're not going in for, you know, this next wake up, uh, I'm not going to go in and check on him for 15 minutes. And he stops crying at 12 minutes. Right. You're done. You don't go in. Then the clock starts over again. Right. Um, it, you know, some people don't have the stomach to like listen to their babies cry, and like I get it. Just put on some tunes. Just, I mean, that's what noise canceling headphones were made for, in my opinion. But watch them so they're not, you know, yeah, until exactly. they're not in distress. Exactly. Um. Okay. Next email is from Andrea. Um. I last wrote back in January, looking for advice on our last transfer and feeling like our doctor had given up on us. Guess what? Our ninth and last transfer worked. Hey, this is a good uh, callback to the email about the multiple transfers that that person was doing. Yeah, this is nine. Um, And I'm due with our little girl at the end of October. Now I'm looking for advice on how to handle out-of-town family Mm -hmm. when slash after baby arrives. My in-laws live by us, but the rest of our families are a couple hours away. Mm -hmm. Due to the pandemic, we have hospital limitations for visitors because of this. We've decided that we'll just forego hospital visitors. And honestly, I think okay. it would be nice to just have that time as the three of us anyways. Reasonable. My dad recently mentioned that they plan to take a week off after baby is born. And then um, <laughs> they put in the, the how would you describe this? Uh, Nonplussed emoji. <laughs> straight line smiley face. Yeah. A week. Nobody asked, but I'm assuming they're wanting to stay with us at that time. A week is far too long for me anytime, let alone when I've just given birth and we're trying to navigate our our new life. Also, I want to be able to be in my own house in whatever state of undress I'm in and not worry about family being there or feel like I'm needing to entertain slash cook slash clean for them. While we understand their excitement, how do we make clear our boundaries on this while trying not to hurt feelings? Andrea from Minnesota in 1,762 square foot house with a husband in black lab, still no hot dogs in 2021. Only brats, which don't count. Now, Andrea, I see that you're from Minnesota. And I know people from Minnesota are stereotypically very nice. Don't like confrontation. Don't like maybe like setting boundaries that are going to make someone uncomfortable. But I think this is like a situation where you got to put on your own oxygen mask first. You have to set this boundary. And if you don't want your parents coming for a week after the baby is born, you got to tell them. You also might, you know, come come that time. I mean, we how how quickly were your parents out? Um, I think Henry was ten days old. Yeah. Um, but they didn't stay with us. Oh, we found an Airbnb nearby. Yeah, we found an Airbnb nearby. Well, that's a little tip for you. If yeah. there is one nearby, you could put them there. Yep. And, and that then, was actually nice because they didn't have to stay with us, but they could actually help us. Yes. So that's a little bit of our advice for you. Uh, and then, because, you know, you might honestly need someone to cook for you or something, or you might appreciate that. Mm-hmm. 
um, don't think you're going to need to entertain, cook, or clean for them. That should be the other way around. Yes. Uh, but yes, that's how you, a clear boundary would be, okay, dad, we found this place nearby that you guys can mm. stay. Mm-hmm. And uh, we can't wait for your help. Mm-hmm. I like that. Thank you. I like you. that a lot. All right. Um, we are going to move on. Dory to- is going to run this podcast on the fly. What is, what's next, Dory? Uh, we have an email. Okay. Um, from Helena. Hi, Dory. I was wondering about the Excel chart you created when you were looking for a potential location to move to. What categories did you include in the sheet? I want to create a similar chart and would love to hear your input. I'm currently in Memphis, Tennessee. I relocated here from New York for my husband's job, but we are looking to move. My family can live anywhere in the U.S. as long as it is close to a cancer center. My husband has a blood cancer called multiple myeloma. We have a boy Henry's age and I'm pregnant with a girl. I'm thinking about the Northeast. Hudson Valley has been on my mind or maybe somewhere in Maine, Rhode Island or Vermont. It must be so beautiful out there. I have no (laughs) clue how to pick the right spot. Nature is important to me. Also a relatively safe location when it comes to climate change and good alternative schools are a plus. Did you and Matt decide to stay in LA long-term or is it simply not the right time to deal with the move? I'm assuming the cost of living and climate change are the main factors why you want to get away. Thanks for your help. Uh, I would, I would say flip those reasons, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) just the heat for me. Uh, we have, we're currently staying in LA Mm -hmm. with a sort of eye towards who knows. Yeah. That's where we're at. Did the spreadsheet help? I don't know. Um, I think it helped a little bit. Help me just like kind of think about different places sort of more seriously than I had been. Right. And your conclusions of cells required in the spreadsheet were what? Wait, what do you mean? Like what did you, what were your categories? Oh, oh, oh. Um, uh, what could you get for our budget? Mm-hmm. Like I went to Zillow and like looked at houses that you could get in our budget in these different cities. So that was illuminating. Um, another category was social connections. Like, do I, do we have family nearby? Do we have friends there? Like what sort of community would we be moving into? Mm-hmm. Um, schools, like what kind of schools are there? Um, distance from family, distance from LA, because we were kind of doing this with the assumption that like, Matt would still occasionally be working in LA. Like, was it somewhere that would be easy to get to? Um, easy to get to LA from. Um, what is the weather? Uh, public transportation, political climate, um, diversity, amenities slash culture, taxes. And then there was just like a miscellaneous. Like, Obviously, I think some of these categories had more weight than others. Some of them were just sort of like, oh, that's a point of information kind of thing. And then others were like, no, we can't live somewhere that has like 120 degree summers. Sorry, Phoenix. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I would want to move to a red state, even if the city itself was progressive. 
Sorry, Austin, Texas. Yeah. Um. So those were our categories. I mean, there might be other categories that are important for you, like being close to a cancer center, for example, would be an important category for you. Um, they're great, you know, centers in the Northeast. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it must be beautiful out there. It is. I don't know what we're doing down here, but yeah. Did that help you at all? Probably not. Thank you. Um, okay. This next email is from Maria. Hello, Dorian Matt. I was surprised to hear that you haven't been to Knott's Berry Farm. In 1946, at age six, my family moved to Buena Park. Whoa. Our Sunday ritual was going to church and then off to Knott's for their Sunday dinner. Fried chicken, mashed potatoes and gravy, and berry pie. The long lines of families waiting for a table were cleverly ushered outside to KBF's little mining town, complete with gold panning, (laughs) a candy store with rock candy and taffy, and an outhouse with an old guy's voice having conversations with whoever came near. (laughs) It sounds creepy when I say it now, but it was actually pretty hilarious for the kids. Some of our farmer friends had actual outhouses, so it wasn't such an oddity. As a child, it seemed like an entire amusement park to me, but then who knew what was in store for the future of Buena Park? 20 years ago, I took my then six-year-old granddaughter to KBF, and if you Disney diehards can imagine such a thing, we liked it better than Disneyland. If you take Henry, you'll have to refrain from letting him hear you critique everything as you go and influencing his own fresh-eyed experience. (laughs) Your most elderly listener, Maria B., Rather than boring you with my stats again, here's a shout out to the listener who commented on Takea water bottles. I ordered one and received another free bonus bottle and I love them. My major requirements include easy to drink from and drinking spouts that are covered when not in use. Bingo on both counts. I mentioned the podcast in my how did you find us answer? (laughs) Um, Maria, according to my math, you are either 80 or 81 right now. 80 fun more like it i mean she sounds 80 fun maria look it's amazing that you were at knott's berry farm in the old in the in the knott's days when the knott's family was still very actively running the farm and making berry pies for people and like you know filling the panning system with shards of gold yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's that's really cool um yeah i also I, i looked up maria's Maria has been faithfully emailing us since at least 2018 and she has a wide range of interests. She, she has emailed us about instant hotel. Well, I mean, who, who, who doesn't like she's, instant hotel? She's emailed us about great British bake off. GBBO. She's emailed us about, we didn't even talk about GBBO. I know. I just realized that. Oh Ugh. my God. Um, you know, one of Maria's emails from last year was talking about how we had been saying that last season's, contestants seemed much weaker yes and she was speculating that it was like because of covid and like the changes and how much time they had to prepare um but i feel like they i mean at least based on the first episode there's definitely some contenders in there yes uh, although see la- the first week was cake week last year right i feel like it's always cake week is first mm-hmm. and the that was when they had to make the busts Yes, that was amazing. And they were all hideous. <laughs> so, but this uh, week, this year, they defied gravity and three of the cakes look great. <laughs> um, so, Maria, I hope I am as enthusiastic and passionate about things when I'm your age. You better be. 
Um, okay. Kaylin writes, my husband and I are considering getting a membership in the Disney Vacation Club, and I'm wondering if you or any of your listeners can answer a few questions. Primarily, is it worth the money? What are the pros and cons? We have a two and a half year old and another baby due in March, so is there an optimal time to join in terms of kids' ages? We're thinking that we would wait a few years to join so that the younger kid can really have memories of our vacations and then basically use it exclusively for our travel for four or five years or until it doesn't make sense anymore. Thoughts? Thank you, Dory and Matt, for sharing your journey. I've learned so much about the IVF process and the various struggles that couples face. Thank you for broadening my perspective. Best wishes to your family, Kaylin. This is funny because my mother waited till I was 22 to join the Disney <laughs> Vacation Club. <laughs> um, but, you know, she's been in there for... I mean, almost 20 years and they're, I mean, for instance, right now, I believe they're either there or heading to the Hawaii resort. Oh. Hawaii DVC place. Uh, Disney has a hotel out there. And, you know, they do their anniversary, like they stay over a bunch throughout the year, even though they live in Orlando, like a little staycation-y stuff. And then like, you know, they're always like. My parents seem to use it. And by that, I mean my mother seems to make my parents use it. Mm -hmm. So that's my answer on that. I think... Would I do it? No, because it's a timeshare. Thank you. Yeah, it's a timeshare. And it's like, if you want to basically spend all of your family vacations at Disney... Then sure. Then sure. And some people do. that's not true. What? Because of the, the multiple resorts they have all over the place. And partnerships with other hotels mm. all over the place. Mm-hmm. For instance, Hawaii. Mm-hmm. There's stuff. I think there's stuff in Europe mm. as well. So, so it's a timeshare. It's a timeshare, but everywhere. Right. That's all. Yep. I don't know why I'm defending Disney. F- you want to do Disney vacation? I do. I don't actually. Please no. <laughs> okay, everyone. That does it for the Disney portion and the regular portion of our show. Reminder, you can all support us on Patreon and get two bonus episodes every month. Patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure. Huge thank you to our Patreon supporters. If you support us at the federal level or above, you get your name read on the podcast every single month. You also get the back catalog of Patreon episodes if you support us there. So if you want to hear more about Disney, boy, oh boy, there it is. If you want to hear less about uh, the industry, I don't know. <laughs> all right. Thank you to the following people. Zara Rethy. Amanda Powell. One, two, three, four, five anonymous people. One was just Anon. Ainsley. Brianne Hudson. Cheryl Quick. Christina. Claire Dealey. Crescent Martin. Crypto Matt. Daniel, uh, sorry, Danielle Nuchaforo. Deanna McLean. Eleanor Powell. Elizabeth K. Ellen F. Emily Harden. Freya. Gita Drury. Heather. Jane Ennis. Jennifer Sika. Jennifer T. Brennan. Jenny Fick. Jesse Fisher. Jesse Labetti. Janan H. Joanna Reinwald. Karen Perelman. Katie Allen. Carrie L. Christine Kelly. Laura Bennett. Laura Madge. Lauren Gregory. Lauren Schultz. Lynn Nugent. Madeline McCarthy. Mara Fass. Mar- Mary Messick. Mary Myra. Disney Vacation Club member. <laughs> Megan Madaris. Melanie Braunbeck. Melissa. Meryl H. Michelle Saum. Nancy Olson. Nicola Hill. Nicholas Skidmore. Nicole Mustafa. Narantha Balagopal. Oshrat Kaplan. Rachel Kuzma. Rob Bean. Samantha. Shauna Mandel. Sir Reginald Pennybottom. Steph Gorlack. Goralnik. Gor- sorry, Goral- Goralnik. Jesus. Susanna Perez. Biases. And Wendy Fick. Thank you all very much for listening. And uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>
Bye. Bye.